This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. In some of these bourbon groups, I realized bourbon kind of makes the world go round. All right. We're live. Bam. Welcome to, uh, I don't know what episode this is, and we lost track because we've recorded others. But uh, welcome to the episode of the podcast, Whiskey and Whitetails podcast. I'm Gus. I'm Matt. And this week we are joined by... Rocco. Rocco. Rocco is a uh, a friend of ours and runs a great organization called Camp Hero. Um, So we're going to get into a little bit of that. Uh, Before we get into all that, though, as always... This episode is powered by uh, not, nothing alcoholic this morning. Ice cold water. <laughs> uh, still recovering a little bit from last night. So uh, drink your water, folks. Uh, as, uh, Hydrate. So, someone else I heard say uh, health is wealth in 2021. So drink your water, stay hydrated. <laughs> yes, health is wealth. Rockets are getting a NOS energy drink. Two of them. Two of them. <laughs> so we went to um, Camp Hero in September. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, beginning of September last year. And I've been talking about it ever since. So we wanted to like kind of, I don't know, there's so much to talk about for Camp Hero because it's it's such a cool place. Who you are as a person, what, what the actual charity is about, and you have more or less like an open door policy for veterans. Like if you need to get away, this is a spot. Correct. Um, what the, a little bit about me is, I'm a medically retired Navy vet. Uh, I got hurt overseas um, during peacetime. Uh, medically retired when I was 22, uh, healed up, and uh, ended up becoming a police officer in 2009. Um, July 3rd, 2016, I ended up being dragged and ran over in a traffic stop, uh, which caused uh, several spinal injuries. Uh, the lady did it intentionally, and uh, she ended up getting 40 years in prison, but I was forced to medically retire as a police officer. And uh, July 1st, 2017 was my first day of retirement. Uh, After that, that, you know, going through the mental part of that and dealing with uh, depression, PTSD, and, you know, over being forced to lose my career, my identity, and then being stuck now with uh, permanent injuries and, you know, daily pain, um, it took a toll on me. And uh, 
I knew that there had to be more than just dealing with that and not and being by myself. I knew there's other people dealing with the same thing. So I ended up reaching out to an organization called Kentucky Wounded Heroes. And they're one of the few organizations that actually not only helps uh, wounded veterans, but wounded first responders. And um, so I got part I, uh, participated in one of their events. I think it was a deer hunt and uh, I just loved it because you feel like you're part of something again when you're around a bunch of other broken people dealing with the same stuff, you know, and when you tell your story, it's almost identical to someone else telling their story. I mean, you have different, um, actually different stories, but you have the same feelings and the same, you know, steps that everyone goes through, you know, in, in that process. Uh, so I ended up becoming a staff member there at, uh, Kentucky Wounded Heroes and, um, uh, then in uh, 2019, I ended up, uh, I had an opportunity to buy a property uh, there in uh, McKee, Kentucky, Jackson County, which is just southeast of Lexington, where I live. It's uh, 160 acres. It's got a cabin on it. Um, it was built in the 1860s uh, by a Civil War soldier who's actually buried on the property. And uh, cool. I pretty much bought the property site unseen. I knew what it looked like right around the cabin. I knew how the property was laid out. And uh, I ended up making an offer on it that day. And, uh, it was actually listed for two thirty nine. Um, I made an offer at 200 and, uh, during the process, when I was there looking at the property, the listing agent, and I was telling him what I was wanting to do, how I wanted to be able to open it up to veterans and stuff like that. And, uh, he mentioned that to the seller whose nephew is a Marine and, uh, she liked what I was wanting to do with the property. So she counted with 201 because hmm. she wanted me to have it. Um, so that was in July of 2019. In August 2019, I started Camp Hero. Um, Camp Hero was based upon us wanting to be able to provide outdoor opportunities and a place where uh, veterans, first responders could relax, decompress, and you know, and have somewhere to go and a place to you know relax. Uh, we also host hunts and stuff like that too. But uh, we also want to. We also include kids. We do youth hunts. We have uh, youth events um, because you know part of serving as a police officer, I loved involving kids. Loved getting involved with kids because a lot of these kids really had no chance. You know, based upon their, how they're brought up, the environment they're brought up. That's all they know. They know nothing but negativity, whether it be drugs, alcohol, violence. That's all they know. So you know, I I, I found it you know, kind of a calling to be able to bring them and teach them something positive, give them some kind of po positive to look up to. And that county you're in is it's the poorest county in the United States. It's the, well, it's the second poorest county in Kentucky. Oh. Um, so it's, it's within the top five of the U S okay. um, the next county next to it's actually the poorest county in the United States. So, um, wow. and wow. then 40% uh, of the kids actually in that county are raised by their grandparents really? um, because their parents are either in jail, dead, or, you know, on drugs. Yeah. So, um, that's a, you know, it's, and what's in the good thing about that County is, you know, all you talk about all the negative stuff is about it being poor about, you know, the drug problem, stuff like that. We've had nothing but tremendous support from everybody. From, I met was awesome from that County. Um, you know, it, it was especially the local people, they're going to be kind of skeptic, you know, and t you know, not knowing what you're going to do. Sure. But once you go up and talk to them, be like, hey, here's what we're doing. Uh, they find out you're genuine. Of course, they're going to do their research and see if you're BS or not. They can look me up and I mean, they can Google my name and find a million things about, you know, what's happened with me. And uh, 
once they realize that we're in it for a good, I mean, they're 100% all in it. I mean, we've got people cooking us meals. We have people that want to guide us, people offering up their farms for us to hunt on, wow. you know, and uh, it's been just great. Um, with the COVID, you know, it's kind of limited us on having the group yeah. know, experiences, but it's op- I've had it open to people who just needed to get away. Um, everything down there has got a code access to get to it. So I don't have to be there to unlock it. If someone says, Hey, I want to come down there for a weekend. You know, is that cool with you? I said, yeah, you know, here's the code. They go down there, they can go down there, do whatever they want. Um, hang out, you know, and just enjoy. I mean, my ATVs are there. They can ride trails. They, you know, whatever they want. Uh, I actually had a police officer who he worked nine months straight, uh, without a day off and he needed, he was from Chicago needed to get out him and, straight to yeah, Chicago. Yeah. Oof. And so he, uh, him and, his, crime there. him and his wife came down and, uh, they stayed a weekend just That's to cool. get away and decompress. And, uh, so, I mean, it's, I, I, you know, one of the things I don't live there, you know, and I bought it to be able to share with others, yeah. you know? So, I mean, if it's, if it's, if there's someone down there every single day of the year, I'd be happy. I don't, I mean, I don't care. I mean, that's, and if it, especially when it benefits others and I've seen, you know, I know how it makes me feel just to go down there and sit there and do nothing and just to take everything in. And if I can see other people and, you know, share that with other people and see how it affects them, see how it benefits them. It's like a complete recharge. After you're down there for a couple of days, it's like a complete recharge. It's just a, it's a very special place, and I, you know, and it's something that you know is important to me to be able to share with others. Yeah, it is unbelievably pretty. It's the videos and the the, the film that you took was unbelievable. Well, it's it's it, there's no cell phone service, so unless you're like in or around the cabin, yeah, you're completely disconnected. Good. So when you go down to mm-hmm. the the spring area where that that river mm-hmm. is it a river? Yeah, creek? it's a, yeah, it's a creek, big creek, big creek, small river. When you go down there, um, like I've just never seen anything like that. There's it's all limestone, it carved out, and it's really pretty. But there's chunks of coal, like natural coal, yeah. just sitting in the river, oh, cool. and like you can pick it up and hold it. And, and you know, and people who live places like that are like, "Yeah, it's no big deal." But for me, it's a huge deal. I've never seen that before. <laughs> oh yeah. But there's a cave in there, and, you, and it, it was hot as shit when we were there. And you can walk right up to that cave, and that cold air coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's wild. It's like an air conditioner oh, yeah. out yeah. in the middle of the heat. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can be 50 yards in front of that cave and feel the cold blast. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's always 52 degrees inside that cave. And um, it's called Misty Caves, the name of the cave. It's actually a registered and surveyed cave. It's uh, one of the only caves east of the Mississippi River that makes a complete loop. Um, there's actually, you can go in there and it actually loops all the way around. There's branches and everything that come off of it. But where they surveyed it, it actually does a complete loop. Um there's some parts that are only like 36 inches where you have to crawl to get through. And then some parts are up to 60 feet tall inside. I like that. Where, I like 60 feet tall. Yeah. That sounds good. Not crawling. But, yeah. I'm not crawling from <laughs> yeah. nothing. No. Yeah. The first, the fr- that's why I haven't went in there. Cause it was like the first 60 feet you have to crawl, oh, but really? then it just opens up and, um, 60 feet you got to crawl. Yeah. See, I might do it for like 10 feet. I'm not crawling. I think, for 60 I think maybe with like powerful enough lights that I could see Actually, you what's know what? coming up. I will do it. Next time I come down there, I'm going right. to bring a, a headlamp and I'll crawl in there. And, uh, cause it's, it, and then it just opens all the way up and, uh, that's cool. well, one of my, one of the guys who's actually the relatives of the family in there, he said he's went in that cave and he's walked seven hours and still not made it to an end before oh, wow. just falling a branch. So they had to turn around and, you know, come back, but they spent, yeah, they spent 14 hours in the cave down there, but yeah, seven hours going one way. That's how far those caves go. That's crazy. That's wild. You could like 
spend a whole day walking and then camp in there and keep going. Oh yeah. Is there, are there, I know there's holes all over the property that lead mm-hmm. to it. So when you get, do you know when you get inside of it, is it pitch black or are there holes? No, it, it's pitch black. Um, mm-hmm. There's some vents. You can feel breeze come through. You can feel air come through. So mm-hmm. there's vents. Uh, there's a big, there's a field right there next to our cabin on our property. And there's actually rock piles along that fields. And those are, there's natural vents from the cave that come up from there. So in the wintertime, there's steam that comes up from those rock piles along the field. Hmm. Uh, but there's actually, there's a cave right behind our cabin or right behind the barn there by the cabin. And that actually used to connect all the way to the cave there by the wow. spring. But since then, I mean, there's been a lot of erosion and silt and stuff filled it in. But you could dig through and it actually goes all the way through. That's crazy. But uh, and people fall inside those caves all the time, right? The ground just opens up and swallows them. No, that's maybe what, that's what well, Linda said. Well, I'll have to show you. That I found uh, she may be digging those holes, but she said people disappear all the time out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's a big there's a big uh, there's a big hole right there next to the field, and uh, it goes down at least forty feet. Like it just opened mm, up. You know, that suck. Yeah, and then uh, then on top, you know, and then on top of the ridges is nothing but those sheer rock cliffs. Yeah. And I mean, that's just, they're just so much different as far as terrain features and stuff out there. It's, uh, it, like you said, down by the creek, it's almost like a park. It's something you'd see in, uh, you know, in magazines or yeah. brochures or something like, hey, come, you know, visit us here. And, you know, just to be able to own it and go down there and be like, this is actually mine, you know, it, it almost blows you away, especially yeah. when I didn't even know it was there in the first place right. when I yeah, bought it. That's a, it's, it's like, um, you know, you think of like the Grand Canyon. Where mm-hmm. there's real tall plateaus with trees and stuff, and then there's that cut out Colorado River. Yeah, it's like that, but small. It's I mean, how far from cliff face to cliff face is probably hundred yards. Yeah, something like that. But it's just it's just hundred yard gap that runs through. Wow, it's super pretty. Yeah, and, and uh, it's all sand down there along the yep. creek, and it's uh, it's, it's, it's it's and it's and it's snake boot deep, so you could get in there and walk around, and it's not. Yeah. It's crystal clear water. It's nice. Yeah, That's and cool. where there is some depth, it's more of a emerald green type yeah. color from the limestone. Oh, nice. Um, that creek actually connects all the way to the lease property that I have, probably about five miles downstream, and it, it gets down to eight, ten feet deep down there. Wow. And uh, where it's like super emerald green, like where it gets deeper, it's it's really nice. I'll definitely take you all down to where oh, the yeah. lease property is because there's a, a two mile ATV trail that goes all along that whole creek in the creek bottoms but it's huh. it's amazing it's it, it's it's a very beautiful place out there and uh, that whole country and area around there is and uh i said it's a perfect getaway that a lot of people don't realize it you know and because it's such a small poor community but when you get out there in nature and you actually see you know the beauty of it and get that outdoor therapy it's it's quite great and that's kind of what the reason that we're here together right now is we're here for the WLS dinner. Um, and we do the, a lot of the outdoor therapy stuff with them and which is how we met. Yeah. Um, but they, Patrick always says like there's healing in nature and <clears throat> as a hunter, most hunters know that they know that when you go outside, just smelling the air, things are different. But when you take wounded people, people, anybody that's got something wrong with their brain and it needs to be reset. There's just something about nature that kind of, yeah. I don't know what it does. Yeah, it's um there's I'm sure there's all sorts of scientific actual explanations for it. Yeah. Dealing with sunlight and all that kind of stuff, but 
the bottom line is I think, you know, when you get outside and you, you disconnect, you talked about not having great cell phone service. When you're able to just put this thing away, get away from the TV and the other crap going on and sort of just reset, um, nature does that naturally. But then when you have a great organization or organizations that help facilitate that for people who really need it, um, you have a perfect combination for people to, to be able to get better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's great what you guys are doing. Yeah. I was, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I was telling him, you guys, you mentioned, um, a trip or something to, to a put up day. deer stands and, and work day. And I was, I will work my ass off. <laughs> um, just, just, just to be, just to be there. Sounds awesome. Oh, and then it's, that's what I've had so much, you know, great support and stuff lately. And now, you know, I've, I've been on the news three times in the last two months and, you know, so I've got a lot of local, you know, recognition, uh, where people recognize my truck a lot because mm-hmm. back when we had the ice and snowstorm, well, they, they recognized your, they recognized your my, giant truck. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I'll drive through Lexington. I got people honking their horns, giving me thumbs up and stuff all the time. Oh, cool. And, uh, with, I got a big, you know, it's a big power wagon lifted truck, 40 inch tires. It's camo wrapped, uh, in urban camo. And then it's got all the camp hero decals and stuff all oh, over nice. it. Well, uh, back when we had the ice and snowstorm, um, I volunteered and I put a big blast out on uh, Facebook, which got shared, I think 37,000 times that wow. I was going to take healthcare workers back and forth to work. They couldn't get out. Yes. And, uh, I ended up, you know, someone shared it with the news. I ended up getting on the news, but yeah, I spent pretty much from four o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock at night for three days straight, taking people back and forth to work, wow. which was great because I, I enjoyed talking to the people hearing their stories, you know, telling them about, you know, Camp Hero and then being able to get, you know, also that, you know, recognition. Yeah. yeah. Well, then two weeks later, there was a severe flooding in Eastern Kentucky and, uh, someone, um, posted on Facebook. It was a lady who worked for a credit union. Uh, they had 11,000 bottles of water at a water, uh, spring water place that they were wanting to donate to Eastern Kentucky, but didn't have the means to get it there. Well, someone tagged me on that post said, Hey, is this something Camp Hero can help with? And I just went ahead and jumped on it. I mean, I had no idea how I was going to do it, but I went and jumped on it. I said, okay, we'll take care of this. So, uh, I ended up getting a hold of, a uh, one of my friends ended up having some box trucks in Louisville and which is about an hour and a half away from Lexington. And, uh, he said, you guys want to use one of my trucks and go ahead. So I had firefighter buddy who's on the staff, pick up one of his trucks, drive it, meet me over at the spring water place. And we loaded up, I think it was five pallets of water and then took it over to Eastern Kentucky, nice. you know, and we took care of all the logistics part of it. So we ended up on the news for that again. And then, uh, most recently the, there's a, uh, one of the nurses I actually took to work. One of her neighbors is a Korean war vet. He's 85 years old. Wow. And, uh, he, uh, had COVID. He was in the hospital for a long time. Then he was in rehab for a long time. Well, eventually he said, I want to go back home. I don't want to be in this rehab place. Mm. So he went back home, but he has no family there. All he's got is two nephews that live in Kansas. And, uh, well, his neighbors, you know, being good neighbors, they went to go check on him and he realized his house pretty much just sat there for a year. And who knows how long before that, you know, with nothing really, you know, being cleaned. It's yeah. wasn't to say he was falling down and stuff. It, it was all kinds of trip hazards because he was weak from, you know, being in the hospital for so long. Um, he didn't have a, a shower or anything on the first floor. It was all on the second floor. He couldn't make it up the stairs because he was so weak. So he hadn't bathed in like a month since he'd been out of rehab. So finally, you know, she got a hold of me. He's like, is there something you can help with this? And I was like, 
Sure. Uh, yeah. you know, I took that challenge, went over there, and I was like, just, I took a notepad with me and wrote down everything that needed to be done there. And I told him his name's Irv. I said, Irv, we're going to help you. I said, let us help you. We're going to, I'll take care of it. He just uh, looked at me. And he's like, okay. And I said, hmm. I said, don't try to fight back against any of this. We're going to get you what you need. And he's like, okay, I trust you. So we ended up ripping out all the carpet, putting all new, putting uh, f- uh, hardwood flooring in. We painted everything in there. I got a hospital bed for him to have downstairs. I got a lift chair for him to have downstairs. Got him a walker, wheelchair. I got a wheelchair ramp put in at his house, built on his house. Um, and his downstairs, he had a washer and dryer hookup in a, like a half bath. We took out the washer dryer, which didn't work anyway. And we're having a shower put in there so he can go in there and get in the shower on the first floor. Nice. And, and, uh, and it all, almost all of this was uh, through donations that I was able to take care of this, you know, because I just a lot of people believe in what we do there and being already on the news and stuff. People have sure. you know, realized that, you know, we're actually there to help people. We're not, you know, some like BS organization just trying to get money. Yeah. And uh, so we've got incredible support and we got all this everything donated and people, yeah. you know, whether it's their time or they I got, you know, Home Depot gift cards donated or, you know, supplies they, they, you know, really stepped up and, uh, that's allowed me to, you know, help out a lot there. And one thing is I put in for people to, you know, come help, you know, do stuff like put in the flooring, stuff like that. The people that showed up were disabled vets to help, not able, not able body people. He really, but these are actually, you know, one's a purple heart vet that got blown up in Iraq. Another one, um, got hurt in Colombia. Um, he was doing, he was in the army and he was in a helicopter working with DEA and they're in Colombia and they got shot down and, uh, the helicopter fell 60 feet. They were actually landing and, uh, he ended up with a brainstem injury and it took him two years to learn how to walk and stuff again. He still has a hard time to walk. Like one of his arms is drawn up. He's got a service dog, but he was there every day, early to late working, you know, he, He's not fast by any means, you know, and he even has a, a speech problem, but he worked constantly, you know, and, uh, and he said, I really enjoy this. He said, thanks for letting me help. Yeah. You know, because he actually feels like he's doing something yeah. again. Yeah. I was going to say earlier, you know, whether, whether you've, anybody's thought about it this way, but you guys probably added years to that gentleman's life. Oh yeah. When you, when you give, especially older gentlemen or, or women, the ability to have some, dignity no, and yeah, take it, care of themselves uh it does a lot for your mental health which i think translates to physical health but also like you just mentioned um having folks being able to come out and help and contribute does a lot you know yeah. for themselves as well that's really cool and uh well the other vet too he was a he was a marine did 23 years in marines and uh he retired as a master gunnery sergeant and uh, he was dealing with a lot of ptsd issues and he was really close in staying in the house, not doing anything. His, um, I posted on the neighborhood app about needing volunteers. His wife handed her phone to him, said, you need to call, you know, and, uh, to make him get out. And he called, you know, and he came and I went and picked him up in my truck. And, you know, we started talking and by the time we even got to Herb's house, I mean, he completely changed, opened up and now he's super excited. I mean, he's like, you don't understand what you've done for me. You don't understand how much you've helped me. You know, so here, you know, this project was to help Irv, this 85-year-old Korean vet, and I actually ended up helping other two other veterans, yeah. you know, just because they're helping and they feel like they're doing something productive. And uh, now, Will, he's the the Marine, he says, uh, he's like, man, when's the next project? He said, I, <laughs> I want to do this. He said, yeah. this is, he said, he said, and everything goes to Camp Hero. All credit goes to Camp Hero. He said, 
I want to do this for me. I want to do this for me. You don't know how much you've helped me. And, uh, and his wife, you know, can't believe how much he's changed. His son can't believe how much he's changed since he's been, you know, helping with this. And, uh, you know, that, and that's, you know, part of the reason, well, like most of our staff members are either disabled vets or first responders and stuff like that, because it also gives them a way to continue to serve. Yeah. And, um, you and know, and a lot of, that's one thing about veterans. They, they, the majority of them have that service mentality, the, you know, it's not necessarily the reason they joined, but being in the military, you're definitely, mm-hmm. you learn how to be a servant as opposed it's a, what do they call it? A, a leader servant yeah. or a leader server or whatever. Yeah, servant leadership. Servant leader. Yeah. yeah. I knew there was a word. Um, but yeah, when they get out, a lot of times they sit at home and just sit in your own more or less filth and just yeah. be feel sorry for yourself all the time instead yeah. of getting out and actually helping. And then, yeah, being, and then being in the walls and in, in, in the ceiling inside that allows your mind to control everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because there's nothing there to stimulate your mind or do anything else. So all the negative stuff just starts going on in your head and that's, you know, where all the depression, everything just starts beating down. And, um, especially now with the COVID where everyone's been locked in, it's helped. It's hurt a lot mm-hmm. of people who weren't able to get out. And uh, I've actually, sorry, sorry I don't know what's going on in here. <laughs> but I've actually, uh, I actually recently got a hold of uh, the Kentucky Vet Center too, which they do a lot of the counseling and stuff, uh, group counseling, group therapies and stuff for veterans. And uh, they got a hold of me, and they're like, "Is there any way we can come out there and you know be able to do therapy session stuff there at Camp Hero?" I said, "Oh, absolutely." I said, "That's what it's for." And they said, "Well, what do we have to do to join for them to join?" I said, "Here's what you need to do." I said. Tell me, give me, you know, have one of your counselors, whoever's going to be in charge of that group, figure out who's going to go, um, get a hold of me. They're in charge of the, they're going to be in charge of the event. Tell me when you can go down there, you know, and we'll get dates and you just go down there. And he's like, it's that easy. I said, it's that easy. I said, I mean, just go down there. And, uh, you know, as long as I don't have something going on, you know, I'd love for you. I mean, for them, instead of being inside a room doing group therapy, for them to be outside, you yeah. know, out there yeah. or, you know, just walking around and having their sessions. I mean, that, that's I'm big. That could help them. I mean, one of those sessions could be equal to like fifty of you yeah. know yeah, the sure. inside you know sessions. So yeah, I'm excited about that being able to you know help them with that. And that's what I noticed. You know, working with other nonprofits because um, there's some nonprofits that it seems like they're trying to compete. You know, with other nonprofits. You know, like hey, we're better than anyone. We're doing everything. Don't take my veterans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and man, with with me, I'm all about sharing. Because the more you can reach out with more, you know, other organizations you can reach out with, more people you can reach. Sure. Awesome. And uh, each, you know, organization has something different that they can, you know, offer. And, uh, like, I've got a location. A lot of places don't have a location. Right. So that that way I can, you know, work with, you know, when life sucks because mm-hmm. they don't have a true location. So they can bring people there. Yeah. Or other organizations, they don't have a true location. So they can bring, you know, so. But it helps those organizations because now they don't have to worry about a location. Exactly. Right? They, they can focus on what they do well. Yeah. And you can focus on what you do well. Yeah. And the two together. Oh yeah. And you can help each other. Like I've learned a lot of stuff from Patrick there at when life sucks. And, mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I've just started, I have no idea what I was doing. I've never sure. run a nonprofit before in my life. And, uh, you know, being able to work and talk to these or the people that are already well established, you know, I learn a lot, but then I, I'm able to offer a lot as far yeah. as having that location and stuff. That's cool. That's, um, so you started, when did, when, when did it start? Like when was the first, like 
you got the property when? Uh, July of 2019. 2019. And uh, the our actual registered nonprofit start date was in August of 2019. Nice. And the hunt that you guys did last, that was September. September. 2020. Yeah. 2020. Yeah, first week in September. Which was a velvet hunt, which is nice. I was trying to th- so you he basically you so, built okay, it yeah. out basically from when you bought it until then you kind of redid all the bunk space area yeah yeah I put in the bunks opened it up put in bunks just so we could accommodate more people to sleep yeah um, but you know we're gonna be doing more and more improvements as we go on are you gonna do anything with the front of the house actually I was thinking there's a there's a company there in Kentucky um, it's called my old Kentucky logs I think but they actually take the logs and they replicate them in, a, in their concrete logs. Oh, really? So I was actually thinking about having that taken down piece by piece, rebuilt, and then put back together. So it looks exactly like the original, but it's actually mm-hmm. concrete. And that way, there's no maintenance, so nothing. Don't have to worry even, about rot. We didn't even talk about the house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, let's talk about the house. Because <clears throat> like when you pull up to the property, um, when you pull up, you're like, oh, boy. Yeah, I don't want to stay in this <laughs> thing. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's when was it built? It was built in the eighteen sixties, and yeah. it's still it, the the logs were cut and everything right there on the property. Nice. You know, it's got the old creekstone chimney, um, and uh, they lived actually lived in it until nineteen eighty six, I think, with no running water. And really, and uh, but uh, you go inside and you you know you can access it through. There's a new part of the cabin on the back that was added to it. It's a twenty by forty, so it's eight hundred square foot, and. Um, you go in through there and there's a door that goes between the two cabins and you can go into the old cabin and the ceiling's only maybe six feet tall. Yeah. It's crazy. Like cause when they talk about how short people used to be, yeah. like now we're all, when you walk into this place and you're like, like it's oh, a, yeah. it's a house, but it's like, it makes you think of a Zoolander. Is this a house for ants? <laughs> <laughs> it's not really that small, but like your head, you know, I'm five foot nine and your head's like, oh, yeah. I don't know, like six inches from the ceiling. Yeah. And you have wow. to duck and you're going through doorways. Yeah. But uh, it's it's because they didn't have great nutrition back then, especially being so rural. I mean, right. whatever they grew, that's what they ate. You know, that's sure. it. And uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's what's cool about that is the one guy, his name's Jerry. Isn't the, it's the Isaacs family that owned it? A guy named Jerry. He's on the staff. He told me, you know, how he remembers when he was little. He used to stay there. That was his. It was Pappy's house. He used to stay upstairs in the bedroom, and uh, he had they had uh, corn husk you know, mattresses and there's still corn husks on the floor up there, you know, from where their mattresses. And, uh, you know, it's just cool being able to relate a story to actually, you know, see, be able to see it there. Yeah. And, you know, he told me, he's like, yeah, my pap used to sit right there by the window. So that way he could look up the road, see if anyone's coming. And, uh, you know, and then hearing stories, you know, we, we sat out there by the fire and he was like, yeah, they used, this used to be a tobacco base over there. And my grandfather and everything used to go play baseball out in the field out there and their bib overalls and, and uh, cool. just just hearing the story and knowing the history and the, the individual stories there is great. And I've I've opened that up to that the property up to the family too because they asked me because previous owners have shut it down. They're like, "Is it okay if we come here and visit?" And I said, "This is your all's family and this is your history." I said, "I know you're not going to come here and tear stuff up because this is you have so many memories here. Why you know?" And they respect me so much for that, and I've got so much support from them yeah and you know and they're willing to come out here and help you know with what we're doing at camp hero because i've opened it up to them and let them come here let them you know go up to the cemetery yeah i mean they've got 
there, there's well over a hundred graves there on the oh, really? on the in the cemetery and wow. that start from the late 1700s and uh, that's on the it's up on a ridge point and on the bottom of the ridge it's they're creek stones that are marked graves you know they're not you know there's no names or anything on them and then, but as you go farther up the ridge they're more more recent the most recent grave is 1974 but um the the uh, union soldier who built the cabin um, he was in the third kentucky infantry and uh he's buried there his grave's there he's got a marble you know veteran uh gravestone there he was he was buried in the 1890s i think wow is all that history documented by someone, like in the family? Do you have like a book to kind of go along with the, the There's camp? a, Linda, she's been trying to get like the history and stuff like that. Because when I actually do redo the old cabin, mm-hmm. I want to have the outside as time period as possible. And then I want to make the inside as time period as possible. Being that they lived there till the 1980s, there's layers of linoleum and drywall sure. and everything else in there. Well, I want to have that all pulled out and I want to make it so it looks like yeah. the old rustic cabin. But then I also want to get old pictures. Mm-hmm. from around there i want to get you know and then put pretty much the family history in there yeah it's like a small museum almost exactly yeah, yeah. that's cool that's really cool there's not a lot of places I, I, feel, I feel like in the in the country i'm sure there are plenty but it seems like those little those little nuggets of history those little places where there's such a rich they it's just so quick to they disappear oh right? yeah like the ownership changes and people just don't care yeah they just bulldoze it over and start yeah. something yeah. new and uh that's why i love the history there because you know, for us being able to already make our memories there and the great memories we've had, I mean, I can't imagine the type of memories and experiences and stuff that have happened before that. And Generations of families. It, like, exactly. Lives were lived from birth till death in that place. Yeah, there's yeah several people that have been born in that house. I, I had someone reach out to me and say, yeah, my uncle was born in the upstairs room right there. Yeah. You know, and I've known there's people that have died in that house. And, it's, I mean, that's just history there, and I like to be able to tell people, too. And sure. especially when they pull up, like you said, you see the cabin, you know, knowing the history behind it, you know, makes you appreciate it more. Yeah. And especially knowing that it's still standing after 150 years. Right. It's it's it kind of what you guys are doing there with Camp Hero kind of brings how that place originated full circle, right? You have a Union soldier who fought in probably our nation's worst, you know, most horrific <laughs> war yeah on, on, yeah on the home turn and the things that he probably dealt with oh, yeah. without understanding why yeah once and, the war the, was over and right and then so now you you know bringing it full circle uh you're using the land and and, and the home that he built to provide the, a, a type of healing and resource that those yeah. those guys would have benefited greatly from yeah. um that's pretty cool and especially in kentucky like the civil war history in kentucky it was the the biggest, you know. It was a divided state, right? Yeah. You know, there's a Confederate and a Union, you know, capital in Kentucky, and they had, you know, both they had Union and Confederate, uh, you know, different divisions and stuff there sure. in Kentucky. So your neighbor could be in your your enemy or your brother could yeah. be fighting for the Confederacy. So you know, especially because you know there there was a lot of you know times where people were fighting against their friends and people against their brothers so i'm sure it was even harder you yeah, know back then absolutely. you know all these people that they were friends with that are new and stuff before the war and then you know what it what it came to be afterwards too yeah killing your cousins on battle and then having to go back home afterwards <laughs> yeah couldn't That's imagine crazy. so you were crazy you're also a whiskey guy oh definitely most definitely <laughs> a big whiskey guy is that a requirement for um to get a driver's license in Kentucky and to live there? It, sh- have- <laughs> it should be. I, I think it, it should be. 
Um, you know, I, I, I haven't really been, I, I used to, of course I drank, uh, bourbon and stuff when I was younger just to get drunk. You know, I didn't really care what it tastes like cause I just mixed it. But now, you know, in the last few years I've been able to let's say, expand my palate and actually realize what the, you know, the different flavors and different, you know, smoothness and, um, you know, I've been able to pick my favorites and, uh, luckily I've been able to be in, you know, some good groups where I've been able to, you know, get the hard to get bourbons and, uh, try them out. And, you know, it's definitely stuff you wouldn't see in a store, but, and, uh, I, I love it. And that's actually, I think, you know, being in some of these bourbon groups, I realized bourbon kind of makes the world go round. You yeah. can see the wide variety of people that are in these groups from doctors, lawyers, professional sports athletes to, you know, some guy who is a bagger at the grocery store, right. You know, and everyone is, you know, helps out each other there. Like when I'm in these groups, the, the, the one of the burden groups I'm in raised $8,000 for camp hero in two months. Nice. And that's just because they're big on charities mm -hmm. and, uh, you get in there and if someone needs something, you know, be like, Hey, does anyone in here know how to do this? And, they help out each other and that it's a, it's a big community. It's not just, you know, people think that, you know, go drink alcohol just to get drunk, or whatever, but yeah. it's actually, it's a community. Yep. And you realize, you know, you can, it's just like, whether you're veterans and stuff like that, if you're into bourbon, you can meet someone who's into bourbon, you can instantly click. I mean, it yeah. doesn't matter what your political beliefs are. It doesn't matter, you know, anything like that. You, you can, you click automatically and you can, you know, you don't have to talk about anything but bourbon and just get along just fine. Sure. It's yep. very similar to the hunting community. Exactly. Yep. Which is, it's exactly how like, whiskey and whitetails came to be is, is we recognized the, the community and the camaraderie that when you pull out a bottle, you mentioned everybody from grocery store clerks to, to doctors or surgeons and everybody in between, you pull out a good bottle of whiskey and it, it brings everybody to the same level. Exactly. And and we think that hunting in the outdoors is the same way. Yep. Everybody comes from different walks of life. Um, and when you walk out of you walk out of the cabin and everybody's got your camo on and a rifle or a bow, mm -hmm. everybody's there for the same thing. And when the hunt's done and you're sitting around a campfire, none of what you do for a living matters. What matters is, is what you're doing in that moment and, and what you experienced in the woods. Um, and the spirit has a, a natural ability to make people like each other. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> true. Exactly. If you look at last night, I mean, last night we were all having a good time talking and stuff. But as soon as the bourbon started to flow, everybody's standing up, everybody's mingling and chit-chatting and, mm. and making new friends and stuff like that. And um, it's really good. And what am I – I think about it all the time is we, I, I was at your place and you, you had Kentucky Owl, like the bourbon, the yeah. good one. And you were like, apparently this is good. And like slid me over a glass and I had never had it. And uh, I think about that all the time that it's like, it's probably, I mean, that's hard to find. And it's usually like $300, Yeah, you know, and it's, it's just open to share. No big deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Here you go. Apparently this is good. You know, and that was, that was all you said when yeah. you gave it to me. But um, that's the thing about bourbon. It's like, I, we have expensive bottles. Like I don't bring them to stuff like this, but if somebody comes to the house, it's like, you know, lot B. You never had lot B. Oh, yeah. Drink some. Exactly. Have it. Like I'll probably never drink that again ever. I opened yeah. it. I tasted it. I put it on the shelf. That's not for me. It's for it's for people. But that's the cool thing about hunting too. Is like your secret hunting spot. Oh yeah. I want this guy to have a good time hunting. He's never been hunting before. Right. I'm gonna give him my secret hunting spot. Yeah. You know, and it's like I'm gonna give him my secret bourbon. I'm gonna get it's. It's oh, all. Yeah. There's so many similarities. Oh yeah, and, and it's being able to watch that reaction. 
whether you say it's hunting or whether it's the bourbon being because you know how it's affected you so sure this that's exactly i mean it all comes around to how i feel with camp hero i know how it affected me so i like to see the reaction how it that's affects it. others yep so it's the same thing with bourbon you know how this bourbon tastes and how it made you feel and you know and it's so you're like here taste it taste it try it yep. you know and the same thing with hunting you're like oh you've never done that before we got to get you in there and yep. it was you know do right. it and then you can see their reaction and it's like man this is all this is awesome yep you know and uh it's like, oh, you've never been to Camp Hero before? Here's the gate code. Yeah. Go down yeah. there. Go down there. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. We definitely need to plan yeah. something, even if it's not with Patrick, if it's just something that we go do. Well, I was thinking I was thinking earlier he was describing like the uh like the wintertime. Not that I'm a huge fan of being cold and yeah. snow, but the you were talking about the steam coming mm-hmm. up. Um and I was thinking about the footage you got last year, getting some footage of of the property in the snow and the cold. Uh, we could add on to that and make yeah. a really cool video. But, uh, yeah, uh, making a trip. Yeah. Uh, Anytime, whether you want to do that or do fall foliage. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I think fall would be nice. Go do some bourbon hunting and, and do a little bit of the trail. Sure, yeah. Yeah, we actually, um, he and I were, were talking the other day uh, after um, Patrick kind of let the, the cat out of the bag about the the one of the things being auctioned tonight, yeah. the hunt with Don Jr. and Luke Keekley and those guys. And I was like, you know, we could, I don't know if we have any celebrities we could slap on there, but <laughs> we have between Camp Hero and between uh, WLS and what our connections in the bourbon community, I think we could put together a cool hunt to auction off last, oh, yeah. like, next year where it could be a hunt and then we could put together some tours of distilleries mm-hmm. and make a whiskey and whitetail hunt yeah. to auction off. There's got to be, you know. I don't know how many people be excited about hunting with us, yeah. but yeah. if we could find some celebrities well, or something, I don't know. You know <laughs> I don't say it's us. It's you're hunting with, with, with bourbon stewards. We're going to yeah. teach you bourbon and whiskey oh, okay. classes. Right. And, <laughs> you know, they're talking about, you know, hunt That's with people. That's what you Talking about being a hunt with people. I ended up uh, being friends with some uh, UK football players. Cool. Is it a couple of years ago, I was fishing and there was, you know, two big guys sitting there fishing, younger, and I, you know, and they're wearing UK gear, and I'm like, oh, they got to play football. So I'm sitting there looking through the roster on my phone, trying to figure out nice. who they are, <laughs> you know. And you know, after I went over there and introduced myself, and we started talking and fishing and stuff. Well, I ended up being friends with them. Well, then I ended up being friends with other players because they wanted me to take them fishing. So yeah, and a lot of them are like inner city people that either never been fishing or they were when they were like little kids, and that's it. Yeah. Well, then we started talking about hunting and. uh you know, since then, you know, people have been drafted and stuff, but I still had that connection with them. So next weekend, um, we're having, uh, it's the opening for turkey season next weekend. Nice. Well, I'm taking three defensive linemen and two of them play for the Steelers and one's up for the draft this year. And cool. I'm taking them on their first ever turkey hunt. So it's going to be quite interesting trying to hide, you know, a thousand pounds of man. It's funny yeah. when, you, when you said, when you described it, I'm thinking to myself, man, that's, the camo's gonna have to be good. And they're gonna have to find a big, big tree. tree. To sit by. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> big and, tree. And uh, it was it was hilarious because we went out to eat, and uh, my wife and I and them uh, a couple days ago. And then you know I brought up the turkey hunter, like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And I said, okay, come on, we're gonna go to Cabela's and get you outfitted. Then, oh, it was a, it was quite a chore. It was it was <laughs> funny because these guys have never tried to buy had to buy camo or they never went and got hunting gear. Sure. So it was like kids in a candy store you know they're over there trying to all these different pat of course they got to have their patterns match because they want to look good on instagram whenever they right. something. Yeah. so they're over there like trying to you know trying to find stuff that fits them yep. but matches so that was a big ordeal anyway you know when they're all wearing like 3x and 4x right, yeah. stuff and uh and then you know them trying on hats 
and uh, these are, you know, big guys. You know, I think two of them's from Atlanta. Um, one of them's from like Dayton, Ohio. And, uh, you know, they're sitting there putting on these cowboy camo cowboy hats and stuff <laughs> like that. And I'm like, yeah, that looks good. And, uh, you know, they're, they're all African Americans. And, uh, I was there, like, you think you need gloves? And I was like, well, I think your hands will blend in a little bit better than yeah. mine. Yeah. And I put my hand out and they're like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, so, you know, it's that's like, funny. It's funny. You know, joke like that. And that's all, but they're all excited about going and cool. trying, to, trying to kill a turkey. And they say they want to do it every year. And, you know, and we're also going to be having a fundraiser and auction in September and fundraiser dinner and auction in September. And they're like, oh, if you ever need anything, you know, we've got all kinds of, we'll get you any memorabilia and stuff, you know. Cool. Yeah. Well, let us know if there's you anything know. we can do for, oh, yeah, for that fundraiser. Yeah. That'd be great. I'd love to have you all out too. Okay. If you, you it'll, it'll, it'll be, it'll be, me with a good yeah, time. <laughs> it's actually in an old bourbon distillery is where we're going to have it. And it's going to be bourbon and hunting themed. So, I mean, you, well, sounds like we'll be there. I know a company that does stuff like that. Yeah, I, 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 I'll have to Google it though and find it. At, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, yeah. I'd love it. It's September twenty fifth, and the, they're in Lexington, the old distillery district. Third in the third in the calendar now. Um, yeah, that, that you're describing those guys shopping. Have you, I don't know if you ever seen the uh, the original the Mighty, Mighty Ducks movie. Whenever oh, he gets the spot, their sponsorship, and they get yeah. to go buy new gear, yeah, and they're going through the pro shop and just like going crazy. Oh, over that's, all the that's exactly how it was, <laughs> you know. And they're over there, of course, looking at all the you know deer and turkeys and stuff, and at the fish tanks because I don't think anyone's ever been in Cabela's, you know. And even though it's in the in Lexington, but yeah, yeah. we went in there and oh, it was it's hilarious. I mean, that's it cool. is. I'm just sitting back smiling, you know, watching <laughs> these guys and like big kids. And that's all they, they're you know they're college students and just graduated, so they're still kids, you know, they're big kids. And, uh, but it's, it's fun. I'm excited to get them out there. And, uh, you know, I've been bringing them out there to Camp Hero too. It's cause it's not just about the experience, you know, for, you know, veterans and first responders. It's for everyone, sure. you know, cause that's something different that, you know, a lot of people don't get to experience is something out there. So, you know, I'll bring them out there and they're riding four wheelers and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, one of them is like, man, I can't stop smiling. They're like, we don't, <laughs> we don't have this up in, you know, Detroit or whatever, you know, you know, yeah, so that's cool. But, uh, it, it's great. It's, it's a special place and I just love sharing it with everyone. Yeah, it's fun. It was, we we're, I don't want to say, but, uh, riding around with him on the back of the four wheeler, <laughs> I guess I'll say it, nut to butt and, uh, <laughs> Right around him, and he's t- he's eating all the spiders for me because oh, yeah. yeah, going through the trails. Oh. But that entire loop that goes up like towards the top, I mean, it's mm-hmm. pretty steep, and you get up there, and it's just there's huge rocks that you know boulders, I guess. Yeah, but, it's just rock cliff all along the top, like mm-hmm. the top of it, and then there's like a gap in between the rocks. Yeah, where I mean, you could picture that that's probably where you know Native Americans. You know, sat yeah. there and ambushed deer, or either you know did a drive and pushed them pushed through them there. All, yeah, and, oh, wow. I never and, thought about that. But it's like to go from that down to a cave with this beautiful clear water. I mean, it's everything that you can think of in nature is is there. Yeah, it's um, that's cool. So I what's so what's you talk a little bit about kind of what you're doing now, what's going on with camp here? What's I don't know, do you have like a three five year plan? We talked a little bit about you redoing mm-hmm. the property of, of like kind of what you want to do, what yeah. else you want to do with the property? Um, well, with the property, I'd like to, you know, I'd be able to house, you know, some more people, but the thing is I like the, having the small groups. That's what's important. Yeah. Um, that way it's more of a personal thing. You know, I'd rather have high quality, small groups sure. than low quality, big groups. Yeah. You know, so if I had, you know, small groups in there a couple times a month, mm-hmm. I'd much rather do it than have to 20 or 30 people. Um, you get that, 
you get that closer bond and, yeah, and you know, for sure. but, uh, three to five years, I want to have, I think I'm going to end up having a whole community services division okay. that is going to concentrate on the veterans and community and stuff like we have been doing. Mm-hmm. And then also going to have the youth division where we're going to also do like stuff with the kids. And then I also going to do the youth mentorship and stuff like that, which I can integrate a lot of the veterans in to help do the youth mentorship. Cause mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these kids don't have dads, don't have positive role models in yeah. their life. And if, you know, if these veterans can teach them something, you know, whether in the outdoors and stuff like that, kind of like a big brother type program. Right. Yeah. You know, we can do something with that too. But, you know, like I said, we all start, we started off with just doing the outdoors thing and we found out that we were successful doing other things too. So, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, you know, doing it and, uh, everything's been snowballing it's there's a lot of people ask well how long have you been doing this and i said about a little over a year and they're like no way yeah, yeah. i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've been only just a little over a year and uh i and they said oh have you done it before i said nope figuring it all out on my own but you know i've got a lot of great people that um i can ask you know mm-hmm. people who are already running nonprofits that i can call and ask and kind of like mentors and that uh give me suggestions on how to do stuff and sure and it's and it's really helped out a lot yeah that's good it helps when you have good people that are willing to help and, um, you know, you have, have good resources at your disposal. We've, we've been very fortunate with whiskey and white tails to have, uh, just good friends, just good people to, to lean on, to, uh, to answer questions and to give some advice. But, um, of course we've learned a lot of hard lessons too. Oh yeah. But, um, this whole WLS like family of like us, veteran one, one nation coffee, you know, I'm glad you're part of it too. That like, oh, I'm yeah. glad that, you know, it's, this is a great group of, I don't know what to call it. Not, not guys, not companies, but like ideas It's a great group of ideas. Everybody that's involved is, has like their own little, I think it's ideas, thing. but also ideals yeah. with an L yeah. because we, we all at the end of the day, um, want to use what we're doing to help other people at the end right. of the day, you know, whiskey and white tails is, is a cool company, but you and I have talked regularly about how to get an organization up a nonprofit going, where we can help use that, that to help other people. Right. Um, and it, it like sitting back, you know, I took a couple of times last night to sort of step back and just sort of look at the group of people that we had in that room. Um, and it's just not very often you get that many, just genuinely good people yep. in one yep. room. Um, there's not a single person in there. I, I didn't like you know, yeah, which exactly. is weird to be somewhere, especially for you. And like I know, because I'm <laughs> right, yeah. But everybody in there, I had a good time with everybody in there. I mean, everybody that we talked to, everybody we met, everybody was super friendly. Yeah, and they're all genuine people. There's no like one up, one up in each other. It's just no. It's just good. Yeah, it's just good talk. Yeah, yeah good. everyone knows that the other person's there got the same goal to help yep. help people, and that's just that mutual respect. Yep, definitely. That's cool. So. Well, I'm dragging ass this morning. I know I'm hurting. <laughs> <laughs> we got um, we got this event tonight, which for I guess for people who are listening and don't know anything about it, um, WLS Foundation does a dinner once a year. It got canceled last year. Um, it's a it's a big event. Lots of uh, silent auctions, live auctions, um, basically just to raise a bunch of bunch of money to help WLS do what they do. Yeah, uh, dinner's the save the twenty two and what that means is there's 22 veterans a day that kill themselves. Um, and this is like the, you'll see that number a lot. Like the people do 22 push-ups or, or whatever it's, it, it, everybody has their own little spin on trying to help veterans from keep them from killing themselves. And outdoor therapy is one of those things. Yep. 
and there's a lot of stuff that a lot of people do, but this dinner is a huge moneymaker for WLS. Um, so they can keep on doing what they're doing, keep helping other companies and, and take veterans on hunts. And and he buys air conditioners for people. And I mean, whatever, like that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that he does that he doesn't seek or get recognition for. It's not advertised. No. And it's, um, yeah, like I said, good people. Um, so, we're looking forward to that tonight. Um, I guess we've been going almost an hour. We want to. Yeah, I'm starving. Uh, yeah, you guys want to eat something? <laughs> what time do we have to? What time we got to be? Well, we got to be there too. I think. Okay. Cool. Well, why don't you, Rucko? Why don't you tell everybody like where they can find the website, all that good sure. stuff? Uh, we're on Facebook under Camp Hero Kentucky, okay. and also uh, on Instagram under Camp Hero Kentucky. Our website is camphero.ky.org. Um, you could donate through Facebook or through Camp Hero, the website. Um, like we're all volunteers. Everyone that, that comes, there's not one prayed person on, for Camp Hero. So all of our funding goes directly to, you know, helping people and the organization and, you know, our vision. Cool. Which is rare. A lot of, a lot of charities pay themselves first. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know, it, it, I've, I've put a, a heck of a lot of my own money in there and my wife's happy that we get donations now. Sure. Since you know, <laughs> I, I, I dumped a bunch of money, you know, to do the improvement camp here and get everything started. But that's because that I, that's how much faith I had and how much, you know, I really wanted to help and how much I had in my vision and um, dreams to make camp Hero what it is and what it's going to be. And uh, now, you know, the biggest thing was being able to share what my vision was with others. And now that's, you know, actually happening. So the, the support's coming in. Cool. Yep. It's awesome. Well, we appreciate everything you do. Yep. Thanks we appreciate for coming, you coming on. and talking no, no with us. We'll uh, look forward to seeing you guys up there at Camp Hero. Oh, we're going to come. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, till next time we're out. Bye. that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western a mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv